This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 16 of Surah Al Jathiyah, page number 500 on, in the Sahih International Translation. <coughs> أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد آتينا بني إسرائيل الكتاب والحكم والنبوة ورزقناهم من الطيبات وفضلناهم على العالمين وآتيناهم بينات من الأمر فما اختلفوا إلا من بعد ما جاءهم العلم بغيا بينهم إن ربك يقضي بينهم يوم القيامة فيما كانوا فيه يختلفون ثم جعلناك على شريعة من الأمر فاتبعها ولا تتبع أهواء الذين لا يعلمون إنهم لن يغنوا عنك من الله شيئا وإن الظالمين بعضهم أولياء بعض والله ولي المتقين هذا بصائر للناس وهدى ورحمة وهدى ورحمة لقوم يوقنون أم حسب الذين اجترحوا السيئات أن نجعلهم كالذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات سواء سواء محياهم ومماتهم ساء ما يحكمون وخلق الله السماوات والأرض بالحق ولتجزى ولتجزى كل نفس بما كسبت وهم لا يظلمون أفرأيت من اتخذ إلهه هواه وأضله الله على علم وختم على سمعه وقلبه وختم على سمعه وقلبه وجعل على بصره غشاوة فمن يهديه من بعد الله أفلا تذكرون وقالوا ما هي إلا حياتنا الدنيا نموت ونحيا وما يهلكنا إلا الدهر وما لهم بذلك من علم إنهم إلا يظنون وإذا تتلى عليهم آياتنا بينات ما كان حجتهم إلا إلا أن قالوا ائتوا بآبائنا إن كنتم صادقين قل الله يحييكم ثم يميتكم ثم يجمعكم إلى يوم القيامة لا ريب فيه ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون
بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah to bless his entire household, all his companions, and may Allah bless every single one of us. Ameen. My mothers and sisters, verse number 16 of Surah Al-Jathiyah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the favors that he bestowed upon the people of Ya'qub alayhi salam, known as Israel, the children of Israel, meaning the children of Ya'qub, Jacob, may peace be upon him, alayhi salatu wa salam. So Allah says, we certainly and we did certainly give the children of Israel. And I've mentioned before that when we say the children of Israel, we're not talking of the Israel that people know today. We're talking of Jacob, the prophet Jacob, Ya'qub alayhi salatu wa salam. Allah says, we gave the children of Jacob the scripture and judgment. We gave them, we sent down to them the scripture and we gave them judgment. What is meant by judgment? The understanding of the law. So Allah sent down to them the scripture and together with that the explanation of it and the understanding of it through the same messengers and through the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon them. So Allah says, we favored them, we gave them and we sent among them, meaning the children of Jacob, Ya'qub alayhi salatu wassalam, we gave them prophethood as well, and we provided them with good things, and preferred them over the worlds. So if you take a look at Allah's gift upon the children of the Prophet Jacob, may peace be upon him, the twelve as well as thereafter, all the messengers to come. Allah says we bless them in so many ways. We gave them, you know, we have prophets from, in, from among them. And at the same time, we have favored them over the worlds. The worlds meaning every nation that was there at the time, these children were favored over them. And obviously, if they were granted prophethood by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means they were favored. So Allah is reminding them to uh, check the favors that Allah has given them. The same would apply to us if we were to draw a little lesson in our own little lives. Subhanallah, Allah has bestowed upon us so much. If you take a look at uh, what's going on uh, around us or across the globe, you would find there are so many people who are below the poverty line and so many people who cannot afford just water or who don't have fresh water to drink. And here we are, subhanallah, uh, you know, you turn on the tap and mashallah, you'd actually uh, be able to have water that is quite clean, mashallah. And at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to make mention of a few more things that he bestowed upon them. Allah says, and we gave them clear proofs of the matter, meaning of the faith, of the religion. We gave them signs, we gave them verses, we sent them clear-cut instructions regarding the religion. They did not differ except after knowledge had come to them. After knowledge came to them, then they differed. So people, after the knowledge came to them, some started arguing. And what others did is they denied. So Allah says, they were not, uh, they, they were not from amongst those who differed, except after the knowledge had come to them, out of jealous animosity between themselves. And this we are being told in order to protect ourselves from jealousy, from animosity, because they come about with destruction. When people of knowledge become jealous of one another, forget about the deen, forget about the religion. 
There will be chaos. There will be complete disaster. And we can witness some of that today. Where if people of knowledge become jealous of one another. And people start uh, uh, you know, hating one another. Just because of what Allah has bestowed upon one and not another. Or because of the levels of knowledge they may have. One may have a little bit more. One may have less. Uh, the amount of acceptance that some may have. Some may have more. Some may have less. And we become jealous of one another. That's it. We actually become totally disunited. We lose our strength. We differ and we become a people who are instead of creating or instead of serving the cause of Allah, we serve the cause of the devil. And here we will come across a few verses or a verse later on inshallah this morning where we will be able to see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says there are certain knowledgeable people who are also astray. And, and why and how they went astray. So in this verse, Allah says, they were not, uh, you know, they did not have differences and they were quite united. They were together. They did not differ except after knowledge had come to them out of jealousy and animosity between themselves. Indeed, your Lord will judge between them on the day of resurrection concerning that over which they used to differ. So the same applies to us. Sometimes we differ and sometimes we are passionate about what we differ upon. And Allah says, Allah will judge. Allah will decide. You try your best. And this is our duty, my duty and yours. We know revelation. We know the Quran. We know that this is the supreme word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know the hadith of Rasulullah We know the scholars and what effort they've made to explain to us uh, the meanings of the Quran and revelation. And it's up to us to go through it. And it's up to us to understand it. And it's up to us to really learn from the true scholars of Islam. And at the same time, uh, if we do not follow revelation or we begin to give preference to that which is full of ignorance uh, against the faith, then we stand to lose. But Allah will be the judge. Some people argue that there's nothing wrong in what I'm doing, but it's baseless. It's got no basis in the Quran or the Sunnah. So if it's baseless, then obviously it's wrong. And sometimes they dispute in, in such a way that you have to just leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that he will be the, doing all the judging on the day of resurrection concerning that over which they used to differ. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ثُمَّ جَعَلْنَاكَ عَلَى شَرِيعَةٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْرِ What a beautiful verse. Allah says, Then we put you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on an ordained way concerning the matter. We made you follow a certain path regarding this deen. So follow it. And do not follow the inclinations of those who do not know. Now, this is an instruction on a verse revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The lesson is for us all. We should not be following that which we don't know. There is no evidence regarding. People tell you you've got to do this. If someone comes to me and says, you know, before you start your salah, you've got to uh, rub your belly with your hands. And I've got to say, well, you know, where is it? And where did you get this from? I don't just start rubbing my belly just because the man has a beard and he told that to me. Or just because the person knows how to read the Qur'an and they told it to me. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa follow the path. Follow the path of this deen. And do not follow the inclinations of those who do not know. Now Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa never ever followed the inclinations of others. Never ever would he have abandoned the deen. But Allah is telling him and instructing him. Uh, in order that the lesson gets to us, 
Subhanallah. In order for the lesson to get to us, Alhamdulillah. So in verse number 19, Allah says, Indeed, they will never avail you against Allah at all. Sometimes people follow other people thinking that, you know what, if we follow them, they will help us when it comes to uh, availing us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or against the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, no ways. It's Allah. Develop your link with Allah. Develop your link with Allah directly. Make sure that you have a relationship with your maker. You cry by night, you cry by day, you read your salah, you fulfill it for the sake of Allah. You do any act of worship that you ever engage in for the sake of Allah, in accordance to what Allah has taught. Those are the two things you need to bear in mind. Whatever act of worship you ever want to engage in should be for the sake of Allah. And it should be according to the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how did Allah teach it to us? By sending us a messenger. And who was that messenger? He was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So we have to follow that path. And this is when we will be successful and we will achieve then savior from the hellfire and from the punishment. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, they will never avail you against Allah at all. And indeed, the wrongdoers are allies of one another. But Allah is the protector of the righteous. The wrongdoers are allies of one another against Islam. That's a fact. You will see it here today live, live, generally. People who do wrong, they have a warped understanding. They want to engage in behavior that is not befitting human beings. They want to engage in that which will earn the anger of Allah, the maker. You will find they will pile up together. They will actually be allies of one another. They will team up together. Against whom? Against those who are following the right path. Against those who want to put upon themselves some form of discipline. Against those who want to uh, put rules and regulations in their own lives. And you find that people who don't like it will actually team up and find fault. And they will begin to argue and they will begin to debate. And, and it will seem like they are very knowledgeable, intelligent people. Yet they are not. Their brains are knocked. That's what Allah says. Their brains are totally knocked. They don't understand. They, they have a mind that they, that they are not thinking properly with. So the verses of the Quran show this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The wrongdoers are allies of one another. And who is the protector of those who are righteous? Allah. Allah will protect those who are righteous. And if Allah, intend, if Allah wills that something happen to someone, then nobody can stop it. Even the most righteous of people have been murdered. Even the most righteous of people have been hurt. Even the most righteous of people have suffered loss. Even the most righteous of people have actually suffered sickness and illness for long periods of time. Some of them terminally and have passed away as a result. Doesn't mean they were not righteous. It does not mean Allah was angry at them. It does not mean that Allah is upset with them. It means that Allah tested them and tried them and they were content with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why whatever comes in your direction in terms of negativity, be happy with the will of Allah. Try your best. Try your best with the capacity that Allah has given you and provided you with. But at the same time, you need to be happy. The decree of Allah. Allah chose that I will go through this. So Alhamdulillah, I'm going through it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make things easy for us. Every one of us goes through difficulty and hardship. Every one of us goes through suffering and trials uh, to different levels. And each one of us needs to make sure that that brings us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if anything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, This Qur'an is enlightenment for mankind and guidance and mercy for a people who are certain in faith. This Qur'an is enlightenment for mankind and guidance and mercy for people who are certain in faith, which means those who are not certain in faith will never achieve guidance or mercy from the Qur'an. If you would like to achieve mercy from the Qur'an, you need to have 
You need to have firm faith. You need to be certain in your faith. So this verse is powerful. Normally the verses, if you look at them uh, exactly as they are uh, stated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you learn a lesson. And then if you look deeper into them, you will learn another few lessons. For example, this verse Allah is saying to us, that yes, the Qur'an is enlightenment for mankind and guidance for uh, guidance and mercy for a people who are certain in faith. Which means that we've understood, but we can also understand that if people are not certain in faith, they will never achieve guidance. Look at the kuffar of Quraysh. They heard the Qur'an being recited by Muhammad wasallam. They understood it quite well, but you find those who were not certain in faith, those whose hearts were... Uh, with the wrong intentions, they never ever achieved. They found fault in the Quran. They tried to look for contradictions and they didn't want to understand and they didn't want to know how the Quran was revealed and how to look at the verses of the Quran. They just looked at them and up to this day, people are doing that and they start saying, well, this is wrong, this is barbaric, this is teaching violence and this is teaching this and this is teaching uh, lack of tolerance or intolerance and so on. And all that is absurd because the Quran is far away from uh, evil and from bad. But the Quran has in it instruction regarding specific incidents that occurred through which definitely lessons are derived without any doubt but how to implement them how to apply them there are rules and regulations governing that how to learn a lesson and how to draw a lesson from it these are rules and regulations that there are rules and regulations governing that so it's important for us to know that it's only the one who is full of faith the one who's full of faith who will achieve an understanding and the one who has that understanding with the completeness of faith or with a high level of faith is the one who will achieve the guidance and will be within the mercy of Allah. Allah's mercy being showered upon them. May Allah shower His choicest blessings and mercy upon us. Amen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Or do those who commit evil think that we will make them like those who have believed and done righteous deeds? Uh, do, do they think that they are going to be the same? Two types of people. One, those who believed and did righteous deeds, good deeds. And two, those who committed evil sins, those who committed sins and did not believe, those who uh, tread the earth, those who walked around on the face of the earth in haughtiness, and those who thought that they were gods besides Allah, such as the Pharaoh, and so on. So Allah says, do you think that we are going to treat them equally? Do you think that they're going to have exactly the same abode in the hereafter? Do you think that the two of them are alike? Listen to the verse. Allah says, Or do those who commit evils think we will make them similar to those who have believed and done righteous deeds? Make them equal in their life and in their death? Allah says, Evil is that which they judge. They are assuming something that is evil on its own over and above their deeds that are evil. So to assume that Allah is going to treat evil and goodness equally is actually evil on its own. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never ever treat those two the same. However, I need to make mention that the door of repentance is constantly open and it shall remain open up to close to the end of time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us all through this beautiful door or by, by 
bestowing upon us such a beautiful door known as the door of repentance. So no matter what I've done in terms of evil deeds, I can actually wipe those deeds out and I can even convert those deeds into good deeds if I repent to Allah and do good thereafter. And if I turn back to Allah, so never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. You know, some people they say, oh, the evildoers are going to be punished. They're never going to escape. That's true. But that's only if you die upon evil. But whilst you're alive, the examination is still on. You know, when I'm in the exam room and I've written answers, I can always ask for another sheet of paper and write different answers for as long as I'm still sitting in the exam room and I'm still within my time frame. But the minute the time has lapsed, I need to hand in my paper. The minute the, the, the examination is over, it's too late. So while I'm alive, I can actually ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and literally start or turn over a new leaf, start a new page. But once I've died myself or I've arrived at the point of death, then sadly, the pen has run out. Sadly, I won't be able to achieve. And I, I, it's, it's a matter of regret where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, was ignored. And there, therefore, at the time when we need him most, he will ignore us. And that is in the hereafter. But anyway, if Allah has blessed us so much so that we are hearing these words today, then it obviously means that we all have hope. And we're all, inshallah, going to achieve the forgiveness of Allah. Ya Allah, forgive our sins. We admit whatever wrong we've done. We regret. We promise not to do it again. We ask you to forgive us, Ya Allah, from the bottom of our hearts. Ya Allah, grant us Jannah. Amen. So this is Allah. Look at how beautifully He has worded this. So it's a warning for us, but bearing in mind that every warning comes with hope. Every warning comes with hope. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about uh, hell, immediately He speaks about heaven. And when He speaks about heaven... On most occasions, he reminds us of hell to follow because he wants us to strike the correct balance between hope and fear. He doesn't want us to hope so much that we actually engage in sin thinking that don't worry, Allah will forgive. And he doesn't want us to lose hope or to become so fearful that we actually feel we're not going to go into heaven and therefore we start committing sins as well. So sometimes people feel, uh, for example, that, you know, I've committed so many sins and uh, I'm afraid to die, okay, because I don't want to go to hellfire. So now that I'm afraid to die, perhaps I must stay awake at night. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't even uh, sort of make peace with Allah because if I make peace with Allah, I might just die, you know. But that's foolish. You have to make peace and you have to know that whether you like it or not, you have to die. Yesterday, someone asked me a question regarding passing away and so on. And I answered them telling them that, do you know what? Do you remember the day you were brought to life? And I'm talking of the life of this world. And obviously the answer is no, we don't remember. Well, that was much more difficult than dying. But you don't remember a thing. So don't worry. The death is just going to be a moment. May Allah make it quick and short. I mean... It's a moment. And after that, you've gone somewhere and you won't even remember. I don't think you will remember exactly what happened, especially if you were a decent person. Maybe the evil people might remember what happened. You know, because if it was torment and part of their punishment was to remember that, then they will remember it. But we ask Allah to make it easy for us. This is why we say, Allahumma ja'al khaira ayyamina awakhiraha. Oh Allah, let the best of our days be the last days. Amen. So, in the same way, when your lungs inflated for the first time and you actually cried as you were born and you came into this world and you got life the life of this dunya you don't remember a thing none of us without exception zero none of us remembers exactly how we came into life and that moment that we came in not one well i don't know of even one allahu akbar i'm just trying to picture it you know imagine someone comes out and says salam alaikum as soon as they come out and that would have been amazing subhanallah 
But uh, Isa alayhi salam was given the ability to speak thereafter, not immediately as, as he was born, but thereafter, meaning some days later, he was given the ability to speak. That must have been amazing. That must have been something worth looking at, subhanAllah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Imagine a little baby, and the baby's going, and a little while later they say, Salaamu Alaikum. Oh, wow, Allahu Akbar. I can just picture that, man. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. But for the rest of us, subhanAllah, we can't remember a thing, but it was a difficult moment. It was so, tra- so many babies have lost their lives. Allah grant their parents Jannah, I mean, and them too. But so many little babies as, you know, they were being born or the last moments, crucial moments coming into the world and they didn't make it. And I'm sure we hear of that on a regular basis. But look at us, we made it. And today, we're scared to go back. Allahu Akbar. But you just got to go back. You know, you fly out on holiday. How depressing it is. How depressing it is to go back home. But sometimes it's not when the holiday itself is depressing. Subhanallah. I remember going to one place. I won't say names in case people from there listen to it. Uh, and there was heat and it was humid and I was sweating and I was making a dua. Oh Allah, let take me back home. I wish the time comes. And I was just there for a few days. But I did not like it because it was tough and the food was a problem and everything was an issue. And I was too embarrassed to talk to the people to tell them because they were all living happily. They're sweating and dripping and they don't mind smiling and laughing and I'm sweating and dripping and I've, I've now developed a fever and I'm feeling so sick and ill and I'm thinking, how can I smile at all these people? And then I said, Ya Allah, make it easy. And I remember coming back home and I was like, oh, entering paradise. Allahu Akbar, mashallah. So we hope that one day when we leave this world, it will be something better than that, inshallah. We will be going back into this beautiful paradise. And we will be going into an even better paradise, better than the one we ever knew. One might ask, why are you saying we knew a paradise? Well, to be honest with you, before we were born, we were in a place known uh, as, you know, the, the, the world of the arwah. You know, where, where all the souls are, are kept by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One day, uh, one of our grandfathers, or the first of our species, Adam alayhi salam, was in a place known as Jannah. A lot of the scholars say it was a different Jannah from the one we've been promised when we die. But it was also known as a Jannah. That's an interesting point. That's a very interesting point. A lot of the scholars say the Jannah was known as Jannah tulibtila. It was a different Jannah from the one which is known as Jannah tulkhuld. Jannah tulibtila means a Jannah created by Allah in order to test Adam. And the other one, Jannatul Khuld, means the eternal paradise, the eternal Jannah. That's the one we're going to go back to. So someone might say, well, how did Adam, uh, how was he unable to have whatever he wished? When Allah says in Jannah, you can have whatever you wish. Well, the reason is because he was in a different Jannah. I hope we're getting the point. It's something interesting because people generally mix it up and think, I'm going to go back to Jannah and I'm going to see the tree that we're not allowed to eat from. My brother, you're not going to see that tree. My sister, you won't see it. It won't be there. It's not because in Jannah is, you, there is no don'ts there. There are only do's. That's all. Imagine nowadays we have do's and don'ts, plus and minus. In Jannah, there's no minus, no subtraction sign, no division sign. There's only multiplication and addition. Imagine what type of mathematics that's going to be. Something beyond the mind. That's why we say, wait, let's get there. Then we'll see what we want. Allahu Akbar, is my cat going to be in heaven? A'udhu Billah. Okay, so here we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, uh, And Allah created the heavens and the earth in truth, and so that every soul may be recompensed for what it has earned, and they will not be wronged. So why did Allah create the heavens and the earth? In order for every soul to do the deeds, and in order for these souls to be recompensed for what they have earned. And they will not be wrong. So Allah's choice, Allah's decision, 
and I am so helpless, I have had no choice. I've been brought into existence by a supreme being. And I know that I exist. That's about the only thing I know. But the rest of it is belief. And I need to believe because the losers are those who really think that such a sophisticated being known as a human being is actually just a coincidence by nature. That's actually foolish. This is why we say, you know, the mind sometimes doesn't think even for a moment. And I've spoken to more and more people who don't believe in any form of deity and any form of, you know, supreme being. And they just believe in what they term nature. And more and more of them who are older say that, you know, we really don't know what's waiting for us after death. We really don't know. Well, the best bet is to go back to Revelation and check. And one of the most comforting things is the fact that when it comes to belief in the hereafter, the bulk of the beliefs of the, of the Semitic faiths are quite similar. Subhanallah. Quite similar. They believe in heaven and hell. There's going to be answerability. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. You know, and so on. Yes, that's right. Subhanallah. It's not just Islam that says that. There are other faiths that coincide or that agree to certain extents depending on which faith it is. And that's quite comforting to be honest from a human perspective. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So Allah says, and I just want to go back to the, the, the previous verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the assumption of the people who think that Allah is going to treat bad and good the same is actually evil on its own. That verse is something amazing, it's unique. Because sometimes, you know, with us, we look at good people and we don't even know that they're good. And we start assuming that they're bad. So that's even worse. We become judgmental. And this is why, be careful. Allah's plan is such that His judging will be connected to the ending of the person's life. So if I've led my entire life in a terrible, horrible way, but my ending was beautiful and good with Allah, and I developed a link five minutes before I died, five minutes before the angel of death came and before the gargara. Gargara is when the soul actually is removed from the body. Five minutes before that, I made peace with Allah. I was happy. Trust me, the hadith speaks of how that person will enter paradise and the entire life is ignored. Totally gone. Everything is gone. So this is why don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah. And don't start judging people in a way that drives them further away from the straight path. No matter who they are, no matter what faith they belong to, no matter what type of absurdity they might be engaged in, believing that they are right, they may come a day through the little effort that Allah might have choosed, uh, chosen us to engage in, that they would see the light. Subhanallah. And if they saw the light, right at the end, trust me, they'll be in paradise before you and I, because... They would have a clean slate, proper, clean, nothing. They just declared the shahada and next thing they passed away. And now that they passed away, where are they? When they go for reckoning, there's nothing really to be taking account of because it's just a clean slate. Subhanallah, how fortunate. May Allah make it easy for us the day our slates are laid bare. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never embarrass us and may He make us from those whom He forgives. And may he make us from amongst those who are really, really closest to him the day he takes us away. I mean, so remember this, my mothers and sisters, let's not be trapped by the devil to the degree that we do not want to turn to Allah, fearing that if we turn to Allah, perhaps we might die. Some people do feel this. And let's not be trapped by the devil to the degree that we think that Allah is definitely going to punish me. So there's no point in repenting. That's also the trap of the devil. And let's not fall into the trap of the devil thinking that, you know, I'm so holy 
that everyone else has no holes. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive us, really. Let's not fall into the trap of the devil thinking I've done so many good deeds that for me is paradise. You know, it's like a stamp, a rubber stamp on your back saying Jannah. I hope you've, I think you've heard me speak about this in the past. Some people, the way they operate, you know, just because Allah's given me the ability to dress appropriately. So now everyone else who might not be dressed as appropriately as I am is Jannah. A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. Wallahi, that itself is such an evil quality that it could perhaps lead a person to the wrong place in the hereafter. Because that's pride, that's arrogance. That is, that is looking at others in a despising manner. Why? Have hope. Ask Allah for their goodness. Try and look at the good deeds of others. Try and look at the deeds they engage in that you don't. Try and look at the condition of the heart sometimes. And I'm not trying to justify uh, uh, dressing inappropriately just by the goodness of your heart and say, well, my heart is good. No, that's not good enough. But everyone has a struggle. Everyone is trying. I'm sure the people who are inappropriately dressed, for example, they know deep down and that's their struggle and they're trying. But I'm sure you should be able to also identify your own struggles. There will be so many things that you would also need to adjust in such a beautiful way. So don't become judgmental. This is why Allah says we will judge between them on the day of resurrection, on the day of judgment. We will judge between them. Why are you engaging in all this type of uh, judging when we have not left it in your hands? You know, if the whole world thinks you're a bad egg and Allah thinks that you're worth getting heaven before everyone else, tell me whose judgment overrides whose judgment? It's Allah. And this is why Allah says in the world, those who were criminals used to laugh at those who were believers. And they will always laugh. In Surah Al-Mutaffifun, Allah says, those who were criminals, they used to laugh in this world at the believers. And then right at the end of the Surah, Allah says, regarding the hereafter, that Allah will give an opportunity to the believers to laugh at the criminals because he who laughs last. And that's an English saying, laughs the best. The verse just stops at obviously, فَالْيَوْمَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ يَضْحَكُونَ عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ يَنْظُرُونَ On that day, the people who believed will be granted the opportunity to laugh at the criminals who used to laugh at them before. And these people will be reclining Reclining on their armchairs, reclining on their beddings or couches, however you'd like to word it, araik, you know, sofas, beautiful seats. Allah says they'll be reclining and they will be given an opportunity to laugh. And that's the day the judgment will have been passed. So that's the day of happiness or sadness. May Allah make us happy on that day. So getting to verse number 22, then Allah makes mention of the heavens and the earth and why He created them and the fact that every soul shall be recompensed for whatever it has earned. So that means we should earn good deeds. We should do a lot of good deeds. There's no room for laziness. My mothers and sisters, you want to do something good, do it today. Don't wait for tomorrow before you do this deed. Do it today. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will recompense you in this world and in the next in a beautiful way. And this is something that is amazing because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they will not be wronged. And if we believe that Allah tells us that we will not be wronged, it means when we go through what we perceive as difficulty in this world, yet we're trying to be good in good books with Allah, it's actually a gift from Allah. It's not wronged. 
We're not being wronged. You know, someone is sick and ill, and they are suffering, and they're making dua to Allah, and they're saying, Oh Allah, why are you not giving me what I'm asking for? I read my salah, I dress appropriately, I've got a good heart, I don't judge people, I develop my character, I do as much as I can, I read the Quran, I try to put it into practice, I believe in you and you alone, I try to follow the Prophet ﷺ, sunnah, I try to abstain from uh, uh, innovation and everything else. Why am I still sick and I'm calling out to you, screaming, meaning I'm calling out to you day and night, and still I'm not getting better. The truth is, that's the best thing that you could have ever gone through. You could have ever gone through. Subhanallah, Allah says, He will not wrong you. So believe, have conviction that there's nothing wrong with what you're going through, even though you might be going through a condition that you perceive is very, very depressing. Your faith and your iman should lead you to understand that there's nothing depressing about it. Allah's chosen you for something. He knows. He has predestined whatever He has chosen for you. And you're not going to be able to do much about it. Perhaps a little through dua and charity. Dua and charity are two things that might, you know, uh, move predestiny slightly this way or that way, although it was already predestined that that was going to come, technically speaking. It's very sophisticated if you look at it. But at the same time, for you and for me, we don't know what's in store tomorrow. So that's why we've got to live towards it. People say, if Allah knows already that I'm going to heaven or hell, well, what's the point of this world? The point of this world is you and I don't know. He knows. So if you don't know and I don't know, I need to keep on trying so that at least inshallah, I will, he'll look at my trial and he'll say, well, you tried, subhanallah. It's his will. He can do what he wants. So shaitan comes to us and says, well, you know, if you're going to go to hell, you're going to go to hell. There's nothing you're ever going to do about it. So why are you just wasting your time here? Well, if you believe shaitan, then you've just followed him. So then you're probably definitely going to hell. A'udhu billah. So all you need to do is understand that Allah kept it a secret from you. A big secret. Subhanallah. Why? So that you can work. So that you can work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease and goodness. You know, I want to draw a small parallel, a little example. If you go to work uh, and someone tells you, okay, look, every month we're going to give you a thousand dollars. Okay. And uh, if you work hard, uh, we'll give you something. We'll give you something and we'll make you happy. Don't worry. And if you don't work hard, you lose your job. But we're going to decide that at the end of the month. Subhanallah, you might come and sit and think, well, look, if it's destined, then whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So let me just sit back and relax. Well, then you lose your, your job and you lose your salary and you will probably regret. But if you thought to yourself, look, whether it's predestined or not, I need to work as hard as I can and whatever he wants to give me, he'll give me. So if you work as hard as you can and your bosses see that you've worked very hard over and above the salary, they may decide to give you something huge that was predestined, but you were good enough to think that let me at least work towards it. That's what Allah tells us to do in life. Allah knows where I'm going and where you're going, but we hope that that place is Jannah. That's all. This is why when we say, oh Allah, grant me Jannah, all we're saying is, oh Allah, we ask you to have destined for us paradise. That's what we're saying. Amazing. But because I don't know, that makes it all the more interesting. Makes it all the more interesting. Subhanallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, and this is a powerful, powerful verse. This is the verse that shows us that sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has granted some people knowledge. And sometimes through that knowledge, they themselves go astray because of the evil heart, because of jealousy, because of hatred, because of some form of wrong in the heart. Listen to what Allah says. 
أفرأيت من اتخذ إلهه هواه أو أرأيت من اتخذ إلهه هواه وأضله الله على علم Have you seen he who has taken his God his own desire? Have you seen he who worships his brain and takes it as a God besides Allah? In other words, have you seen he who worships his own fancies and desires and takes them as a God besides Allah? In other words, have you seen he who takes his thoughts and ideas as a God besides Allah and worships them besides Allah? So this means that there are people who worship their minds. There are people who worship their brains. There are people who worship their own thoughts and desires and whims and fancies. And Allah says, have you seen them? Allah sent them astray due to knowledge. Whoa, whoa, look at this verse. So they're highly, highly, highly educated. That's what Allah is saying. But their brains are knocked. They can't understand certain matters. And they won't. Because of the condition of their heart. Because they don't have deep-rooted faith. They don't want to believe. They don't want to sit and pause and ponder for a moment. Ponder. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah sent him astray due to knowledge. Let's take a look at the footnote. It says, This can refer to Allah's knowledge of the person and of his preference for his own inclinations or to that person's knowledge of the truth while he refuses it. So that means when Allah says that he has sent them astray due to knowledge, it means, and primarily the bulk of the Mufassirin speak about how the person he either knows things, he knows things, and he refuses them. Deep down he knows, hey, this is revelation. Deep down he knows this is the word of Allah. And he refuses it. So he's gone astray because he worships his own whims and fancies. Some people think, and this happened at the time of Rasulullah where people knew Abu Jahl and uh, the others, Al-Akhnas ibn Shuraik and a few of the others, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, these people knew that what Muhammad brought was exactly the truth. But what was their fear? Their fear was if we believe him, we're going to lose our power. The chair, you know, I'm a king, I'm a leader, I'm a politician, I'm an MP, I'm, I'm for example, a chairman, a CEO, I've got, I'm a headmaster, for example, or I'm a whatever. And I'm going to lose my position if I accept the truth. So the best thing for me to do is reject the truth. So he knows what's right. But he's fearful of a position that he's got. I'm going to lose my business deals with these guys or those guys if I adopt the truth. So he stays away from the truth. Look at how silly he is. He's got the knowledge, he understands it, but here he is. His heart is so dirty or his mind is so, so unclean that he doesn't know how to prioritize. And he doesn't know that is a test from Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like wealth. Wealth can come to you in one of two ways. Either halal way or haram way. Sometimes there is a way that is haram, which means prohibited, that is glaring you in the face so easy, you can just pinch and steal. And next thing you become wealthy. But that comes about with a lot of later on, a lot of regret later on. And a lot of, you know, it comes, it comes with repercussion. We are taught that you'd rather earn smaller amounts in a halal way than a larger amount in a haram way. You will be happier in the long run. 
So the same applies when it comes to adopting the truth. Some people, when we call them towards righteousness, they look at their lives and the comfort zone they're in and they start thinking, you know, if we are going to change our lives based on what this one individual is telling us, it's going to be a big change. The best thing for us to do is fight the individual and eradicate him so we can carry on doing whatever we've been doing. So that's what they do. And this is what Allah speaks about. Look, these people are knowledgeable, but they're astray. And sometimes they might be educated, but they don't have the proper sound knowledge of revelation. Normally and generally when knowledge is being spoken about, it's spoken, meaning there's two things that are being spoken about. One is the knowledge that is correct. And that's always the case because obviously the Quranic knowledge is true knowledge, that which comes from Allah. But sometimes people use the term knowledge to refer to anything that, that they think is something we know. And even if it's wrong sometimes. And this is why when it comes to the uh, person who backbites and slanders and so on, Allah warns us to say, look, uh, we would actually be slandering this person by, by believing a story of someone who comes to us and a tale of a backbiter, we already, if we did not authenticate things, would be wrong, would be, you know, uh, would have wronged someone else. Subhanallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us in this verse as well to say, when you seek knowledge, seek it with the idea to put it into practice and to convey it to others and understand it and go out of your way to understand and don't let arrogance overtake you. Some people know what's right and wrong, but they're arrogant. And that arrogance leads them to earn the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, فَمَنْ يَهْدِيهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ اللَّهِ Such a person whose knowledge has driven him to arrogance in order, and, and that arrogance has driven him to deny the same knowledge that he had at the beginning of the circle. Allah says, who's going to guide such a person besides Allah? أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Are they not going to take heed? Are they not going to be from those who re remember? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. So this is why Allah says, فَمَنْ يَهْدِيهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ اللَّهِ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ They, the kuffar of Quraysh, you know what they used to say? مَا هِيَ إِلَّا حَيَاتُنَا الدُّنْيَا نَمُوتُ وَنَحْيَا وَمَا يُهْلِكُنَا إِلَّا الدَّهْرِ They say, there is nothing besides this worldly life. We will die and live. That's it. It's this life. There is no other life. There is no life besides this worldly life. In this worldly life is death and in it is life. There is no other life besides it. Nothing destroys us except time. Time is a killer. And they have of that no knowledge. Allah says they have no knowledge of that. They are only assuming. It's just an assumption. Now if I stop for a moment, do you know birthday parties? Do you know how they came about? And the candles that are being blown, it was defiance of time. People said the same thing. You know what? Time kills us and the weather and so on. And so they, in ancient Europe, they used to die every time the winter comes. Because obviously there were no heaters like what we have now. So what they used to do is, they used to go in. Whatever they were, whatever there was at the time, igloo style houses and warmth and whatever else they might have been. And you find at the end of the winter where the snowstorm and everything happens when they come out and emerge once the sun comes out again and they come out and in the warmth of the beginning of the summer they start counting they start counting they're dead 
So they would find so many people have died. So those who are alive would be so delighted that they defied nature. They defied the time. They actually won the battle against time. And they won the battle against nature by surviving when nature tried to kill them. That's how they used to think. So what they used to do is light a candle and blow it in order to show that we've defied nature. We've actually defied this. And every year they would add an extra candle. So this is how you have 10 candles. Happy birthday to you. A'udhu billah, a'udhu billah, a'udhu billah. I recall that when I was a child. Astaghfirullah. Defying nature. It's got nothing to do with that. Mashallah. As a mu'min, alhamdulillah, you turned, uh, you know, 10 years old. Mashallah. You now go to start eating your salah. Alhamdulillah. Oh, I wish I didn't ever turn 10. No way. You got to start reading your salah, mashallah. And at the same time, we're happy that you're, you're, you're older. We thank Allah. There's no harm in thanking Allah. If you were born, for example, my date of birth, 17th Jumad al-Ukhra, for example, uh, every time that crosses, there's nothing wrong to thank Allah. Ya Allah, I thank you. You know, I've now turned whatever, so many years old and, and so on. And Ya Allah, you know, I ask you to grant me goodness in my life. And so Allah has used years in the, in the Quran. But, but to start partying in a way that was not taught and at the same time uh, making you oblivious of the fact that you're one year closer to the end is something that's not Islamic. See? So it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us about. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us quite clearly that the kuffar used to say, well, you know what, it's only this life. Uh, it, it resonates quite aptly with what people today say when they say you only live once. YOLO, you only live once. So subhanallah, they then do whatever they want. With us, you only live once in this world, so make sure you've prepared correctly for the akhirah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. May He not make us from amongst those who t turn away from Him in transgression, but rather may He make us from amongst those who, whom He has accepted and whose tawbah and repentance he has accepted and whom he grants jannah ultimately may allah bless us all wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina muhammad subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanak allahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik